at this time of year, we play at the intersection of sport and pop culture. And that's where Brad Blanks lives. Let's head over to New York. Blanksy, welcome. Jared, great to see you, mate. How are you? How was Thanksgiving? Yeah, very good. Very good. Eat the turkey, yeah, load up on the stuffing. It's a great American tradition. Uh, the best part about it is, uh, you know, it's obviously where families come together. Uh, you can watch football at 12.30 and then the food gets served at about 4 o'clock. You look over your shoulder, you watch the 4.30 game, and by the time you finish uh, your food and have a bit of dessert during halftime, you watch the rest of that NFL game, which was the Cowboys, and then you've got the uh, Thursday night game there to uh, finish it off with a great day of sport on Thanksgiving Thursday across the United States. So it's a, it's a heck of a tradition and uh, awesome for a sports lover in terms of watching uh, NFL. What was the hero of the dish? What was the best piece of food at the Blanks Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, it's always the the, uh, the, the pumpkin pie. Yeah, you, you get on the American uh, bandwagon. Yeah, the, the pumpkin casserole, I've got to call. We would probably call that, which is something. I just grew up with mashed pumpkin as a boy. And over here, they do a lot of things with the pumpkin. They grow them to about... Uh, yeah, you know, six hundred kilograms, Jared. So they're gonna they're gonna do something with it. They uh, they roll those massive, you know, world record winning uh, pumpkins, which I've been to a few of those pumpkin shows before. They roll them down and then mash them all up to make a casserole. And they also make many desserts uh, around uh, pumpkin as well. So they are a pumpkin loving society there on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Good on you, Blanksy. So uh, a few sporting things. The wash up to the F1 in Las Vegas and the sort of the forerunner to staging their Super Bowl, the in-season tournament and just how that's playing out in the NBA, there was a lot of pushback against it now that it's fully underway how we feel about it. But I thought we'd start with college football. Did you nick off to a college football game before Thanksgiving? That's right, yes. I was at uh, Tennessee, Georgia and 100,000 people in there uh, in that incredible stadium and uh, sadly for the Tennessee fans, it wasn't going to be like uh, a year earlier. The game I attended was a year earlier was Tennessee-Alabama and turned into probably one of the greatest college games of the last 20 years, that one, uh, where the Tennessee beat Alabama and then they knocked down the goals. There was a lot of chatter entering the, the stadium that maybe they were going to pull that off again. Georgia, of course, national title holders from last season and, uh, you know, have been... They're up there. They're ranked number one right right at this moment. But yeah, they haven't been at the forefront on people's minds, even though they are ranked number one. And there was talk going into the stadium that maybe Tennessee could upset them, and it wasn't to be. It was a, a very clinical display, and some could say that Georgia are hitting the right note at the right stage of the season. But it leads into this uh, final weekend where we'll see Alabama take on Georgia, two uh, powerhouses, of course, uh, in the big uh, you know, their big championship game for their conference. Uh, and it'll be a matter of if Alabama can upset Georgia, we're going to have a problem when it comes to the rankings. Now, the crazy thing about the college sports and uh, college football teams, these are all different conferences across the nation, and they all come down to uh, journalists and people high up uh, in the college football system who have to vote on these rankings. So uh, a lot, depending if, if some of these teams get upset this weekend, uh, which is the final round of these games that leads then into the bowl games and the championship games post-Christmas, 
there could be some very angry people, angry colleges <laughs> across America. So uh, it's very confusing. And I actually, I, it's like me trying to explain the um, the electorate uh, system when you vote for president. But yeah. I actually think I might have nailed that. I'm sorry to your listeners who are sitting with their head spinning going, what is Blakesy talking about when it comes to college football? But at the end of the day, Georgia-Alabama will be a great game to watch so the, this uh, weekend. The game last weekend was Ohio State and Michigan, which um, oh, so incredible. Eddie Maguire's sons are a punter at Ohio State, okay. so we've been gently following them. And then they two unbeaten teams. Um, there's a Harbour involved yeah. here. There was such a build-up yeah. to it. And then just the incredible scenes is what you've described is the most striking aspect of college football is the sheer immensity of the crowds and then the way yeah. they – invade the ground at the end. So Michigan won 30-24, and if there are 100,000 people there, 50,000 must have been on the ground at the end. On on the field. And it seems, as much as there's security guards there, passively trying to stop them. They're not really trying yeah. to stop them. And and kids are just uh, uh, piling onto on, onto the surface, uh, the pitch, uh, you could call it, the ground. And then, uh, yeah, it's 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 wild to watch. And people don't seem to get hurt. And it's like a scrum there when it turns into that moment where the two coaches shake hands at the end or the two quarterbacks shake hands. But that, that was incredible game to watch that Michigan. Uh, Ohio. I watched it on television and it was... Uh, it had everything you wanted in a, in a big game. And, and sadly for Ohio, they're now out of, they've had an incredible season. They're now out of the talks now to hit that playoff series, which kicks off uh, New Year's Eve and then uh, happens the, a week later where the final will be the national championship, which is early January. Uh, and, and so they're out of it and Michigan have gone into the, the number two position. And it's uh, it's a sad way to be knocked out when you you have this great season. You only lose one game uh, in your in your conference. So uh, yeah, incredible sport. This the crazy thing with college football. When I walked into that Tennessee, I took my took my wife along. She's an English girl. I took her along, and uh, I, I keep my sport with her. You know, divided church and state. You know, it's, it works good for the relationship there, Jared. And, um, a bit sneaky, probably on my part. But uh, anyway, I, t- I took her. We had a bit of romance. Took her into the the football, and she was just. Cool couldn't understand the the sheer uh, how huge college football is. And I turned to her and I said, what we're walking into, although Tennessee is one of the biggest stadiums of 100,000 people, this is happening across America, you know? It, it's the spectacle of it, it is mm. absolutely, um, and the the music pageantry with some of the entry yeah. songs. Yeah. Anyway. We, uh, hey, I, I had Dolly Parton get wheeled out. Oh, <laughs> mine. Didn't Dolly Parton go well at the, which, which one of the Thanksgiving games was well, that? She, she, well, she worked, she walked out for the Tennessee game. Peyton Manning, Manning walked her out. She tried to sing. Uh, she got drowned out. The band had to start playing. I went, oh, poor Dolly. But then they, they, they threw her out on Thanksgiving a couple of days later and she sang halftime at the uh, Dallas Cowboys and she was sensational yeah. know, for an 80-year-old. You know, she moves good, Tony, old Dolly. Yeah, Tony Romo couldn't concentrate after that for a while <laughs> no, during halftime. He was getting, he was very enamoured, wasn't he? Hey, let me <laughs> ask you about that. So the in-season tournament in the NBA, this yeah. is one of those modern gimmicks that was put forward to put a bit mm. of meaning around some of the early season games. There was absolute resistance to it. So they, the, the courts look different. It's all a bit tricked up. Mm. Now that it's actually happening, the games I've watched, um, so Benj and I were watching a game on Sunday, or oh, it might have been Saturday, um, the Warriors and the Spurs. 
it has had the impact of those games do have an elevated <laughs> meaning to them. So for what the concept is, it, it actually is delivering a slightly better standard of regular game early in the season. Yeah, it's it, it's it's like it's the psychology of, of of humans of sports people. Like they step up when they get told to step up, and and yeah, you know, they're on national. These uh, games are on national you know television, whereas a lot of games are on regional only. You know these these games throughout the season, uh, and yeah, there's this real element that the game's on and scoring is on. You know, scoring's up in, in these games. It's it's. It's been so, – and I'm, I'm like, what a waste of time this tournament was. I was one of the naysayers early on, and I've watched it and go, this is good fun. I'm even going to go down to Madison Square Garden now, you know, in the next 20 minutes and watch, you know, Grizzlies take on, you know, uh, New York Knicks. So and, – and the Knicks have got to win. They've got to win to get through to the next stage, get that last wildcard spot. So – um, it, it seems to have worked. And, and again, it's always that chat. I know you would debate it. Uh, you know, is, it, can it work in other codes? Could it ever work in, you know, uh, AFL? Could it work in rugby league? This concept of something mini um, in this sort of tournament. And it's worked. Like, we might be, Jared, in 20 years' time, this could be a really sacred tournament. They might have somehow backdoored and created an FA Cup-style cup within an NBA season, as you said, that's quite uh, mundane uh, in a sport where a lot of people only watch the last five minutes of an NBA game, you know, and, and kids watch it on TikTok. So maybe it works. Yeah, because it is such a long season and the stuff that happens early on. Uh, anyway, so I, I must admit, when I was listening to the podcasts early, I, I sort of sided with the, well, this is just, this is modern <laughs> gimmickry at its absolute <laughs> worst. But <laughs> it, it, there's there's something to it that has enhanced those early season games in the right way. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see how that goes. Um, Las Vegas is sort of the centre of the sporting world over a period of time. Uh, a couple of weekends ago was the F1 Grand Prix for the first time. The disastrous start, which has led to lawsuits around those who had tickets on the, the first day of practice and manhole covers and the like. By the end, a really good race. Yeah. And maybe the yeah. the reviews seemed to, by the end of Sunday, they were much kinder than they were uh, at the midway point. Yeah, it's that, uh, uh, the, the shiny new toy, and it looks like the shiny new toy is here to stay. Uh, ratings came in, which is crazy, because I, I set my alarm and woke up at 1 a.m. I had a snooze and woke up at 1 a.m. when it started in, in, in Eastern time, in New York time. So I watched, I watched the Grand Prix on my phone, mind you, um, in bed for two hours, 1 to 3 a.m., it goes out and gets 1.3 million in, in the ratings. So people watched it, um, obviously, mostly uh, probably on the West Coast or in the Central Coast. Uh, a weird time to start, but, yeah, we're all used to living in New York. Boxing out of Vegas always kicks off at you know, midnight or 12.30. Yep. Um, so nothing too too strange on there. They started just they started that late, so the UK and Europe, you know, can get prime your morning watching of the thing. But in the end, it was a... You, people love going to Las Vegas anyway. They love going there for the fun and games. The fact that they can go there and pay some money to watch a world-class event, even if they don't know yet the Americans or understand F1, they're on the way. It's a growing sport here in, in America. The next time you and I meet, we'll, it'll be in Vegas for the Super Bowl. So right. with that as the yep. backdrop... And it's sort of finding its feet as a major sports city. It's always been a main event city around the boxing, but um, they're branching out. What What is the 
what's the prevailing attitude toward the the Las Vegas Super Bowl Super Bowl three months out? Oh no! I mean, ga- game on. This is going to be a you know you, you talk about when you and I talk the 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 the, meet, the intersection of pop culture and sport. I mean, this is you don't get anything bigger. The the intersection of of the entertainment in their eyes, entertainment capital of the world. You know, you've got Adele, you've got U two on that Super Bowl weekend in the sphere that's just been created. Yeah, created by the owner of the New York Knicks, uh, Jim Dolan, which is funny. He's getting this amazing renaissance for a guy that's uh, some at times known as a villain in New York City. He's built this incredible concert venue. Uh, you have the UFC fights that continue to to dominate uh, Vegas. Uh, you have a, a baseball team, uh, the Oakland Athletics, that will be moving to Las Vegas. Uh, it's, it's, it's worked. It's, and, and it gets back to what I said at the beginning. People love going to Las Vegas. We will be there, Jared, and there'll be a heightened sense of excitement. Uh, anyway, if I ran into you at any time in Vegas, we would have a good time. <laughs> Me and you, I mean, our heads would explode in any sports book. I can just sit there all day and just watch the numbers and the sport move, moving in front of me. I mean, I don't know. I can tell you to thoroughly enjoy that moment too. And the roars coming out of a sports book when a touchdown gets scored in the last 30 seconds or not. The fact that we're going to have a Super Bowl there, which is a heightened experience, even when you put it in uh, the most boring of towns. Um, so this, this is truly going to be a, a, an epic event. All right, Blanksy, there's a bit to go under the bridge before then, but I, I'm looking forward to <laughs> know, it already. I know, I know. So just as we finish, just as we finish, is there a share in a, in a major sporting franchise in the U S up for grabs? If we did a bit of business with Mark Cuban. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he looks like he wants to sell at the top now. He sold a, a significant portion uh, of his. It's just breaking news now to the Adelson family, and they're actually a massive casino own, owning family. Um, they, they're saying that uh, there's no percentages released yet. They just they just sold up two billion dollars worth of cash out of their company, so they have two billion dollars. I'd say Cuban's looking to get a casino license in Dallas, and that would be his long term plan and um, have the Adelsons involved in that. So the guy's a genius. He always knows when to sell at the top, and he knows how to triple, double, you know, uh, quadruple his money. So which which team did he sell, or which portion of a team a Dallas did he sell? Mavericks. Dallas the Mavericks, Mavericks. Sorry. So the Dallas NBA, Mavericks, yeah. yes. So NBA. Yep, that's what they're bought into. Yeah. Just a portion, you know, just a, a percentage of that. But it's, uh, you know, he, he knows what to do. What, what, what teams does he own? Uh, he's got to get, I, I, I think he might have a share in a hockey, another hockey team, but it's, Dallas Mavericks is his baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. That's he. I mean, he he bought that when he uh, he sold a broadcast. Yeah. Look, listen to me. me and you are talking. Over, I'm talking to you through the internet now. He sold an internet radio station uh, to Yahoo in 1998 for one billion dollars, and the following day he put put down a deposit for something like 400 million into the Dallas Mavericks. Right. And uh, and he became you know one of the most influential owners in the history of uh, the NBA. Blanksy, great to catch up with you. See you over in Vegas. Great. See you, Jared. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to it. Brad Blanksy lives at the intersection of sport and pop culture for us. He's heading to Madison Square Garden now. What a lovely way to spend your time.